Cat stating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. And since the Love You podcast is about being authentic, and I pride myself on being a reality-based dating coach, I have a confession to make, uh, and it's one that's not entirely dissimilar to my confession that I don't completely understand introverted people. Um, I don't entirely understand highly sensitive people. Um, I acknowledge them. I mean, I get them in as much as I have many highly sensitive readers and clients, but as someone who is just, my allegiance is generally to, to, to truth more so than tact, I always find it hard to offer constructive advice that to highly sensitive people that doesn't involve them changing into less sensitive people. And so I'm conscious that this is a fault uh, on my part, um, but at least it's not a blind spot. I am very aware of what I don't know, which is why I've linked to a couple of websites specifically dedicated to highly sensitive people on both my website and beneath the YouTube video. Remember, if you're a listener, I do not believe in right and wrong. Uh, I believe in effective and ineffective, right? Does it work? Does it not work? I haven't seen much evidence that being highly sensitive makes relationships easier in any way. Um, but I'm also aware that people who specialize in this refer to being a highly sensitive person, HSP, as a gift. Um, and so I would sooner refer you to an expert in that area than to pretend to be one myself. So if you're listening and this is all sort of gobbledygook and you don't know if you're a highly sensitive person, I prepped for this call. I don't always do that, but I, to prep for this, this uh, podcast, I did some research and I went to Elaine Aaron's HSP scale. Uh, a Forbes magazine piece by Travis Bradbury and Jim Hallow's website, uh, www.highlysensitivepeople.com. So I consolidated what I learned there. There's a lot, but um, I guess we could take this like a quiz. Consider how many of these 11 bullet points apply to you. You become overwhelmed when you have a lot to do. Highly sensitive people struggle to stay on task when they have several different things to do. They become observably anxious, and as their stress level increases, they have more difficulty being productive. Uh, you find noisy environments chaotic and recognize other people's discomfort. Highly sensitive people recognize when someone else needs the lights dimmed or the music turned down. They easily sense when other people are feeling overwhelmed too. You retreat when things become too overwhelming. After a long day or a busy week, a highly sensitive person needs quiet time to recharge. A dark bedroom, for example, can provide the perfect space to recuperate. You may experience mood swings, sometimes occurring almost instantly and can be affected easily by other people's moods, emotions, and problems. You think deeply. Small things in your own life and other people's lives can have a big impact on you. You take longer to reach decisions. You worry about many things and have been told you take things too personally. You're crushed by bad decisions. When you finally make a decision and it turns out to be a poor choice, you take it much harder than most. This can create a vicious cycle that slows down your decision-making process even more, as fear of making a bad decision is part of what slows you down in the first place. You're emotionally reactive. When left to your own devices, you have a knee-jerk reaction to your feelings. You also have strong reactions to what other people are going through. When your emotions come on too strong, it's easy to let them hijack your behavior. 
The hard part is channeling your feelings into producing the behavior that you want. You take criticism harshly. Your strong feelings and intense emotional reactions can make criticism hard to take. Though you may overreact to criticism initially, you also have the tendency to think hard about things and explore them deeply. Finally, you have had the experience of cutting people out of your life. So, even though from my writing and speaking style, uh, I might be considered insensitive, many of those things that I just read to you apply to me as well. So I don't know if I'm as sensitive as a highly sensitive person or if I've just developed stronger survival skills to bounce back, but I do know this, and this is a great quote. Ramana Maharshi said, wanting to reform the world without discovering one's true self is like trying to cover the world with leather to avoid the pain of walking on stones and thorns. It is much simpler to wear shoes. Make sense? Um, essentially, it's harder to change the world than it is to change yourself. So I find it much more effective to tell people, whether they're sensitive or not, how to deal with the realities of dating relationships and communication, rather than expecting the rest of the world to bend to and cater to your unique needs. And if you struggle to do that, right, as a highly sensitive person, your best bet is probably to find another highly sensitive person who doesn't trip your wires as much as we insensitive folks. And that's not being snarky. That's, that's true. And right? it's a, there's some, there's a lid for every pot, but some lids, <coughs> excuse me, some lids have a smaller, have, have a fewer number, some, some pots have a smaller number of lids, right? Uh, the more unique an individual you are, the hard, harder it is to find someone. So um, if you're easily triggered, you shouldn't spend your time in relationships being constantly triggered. And he shouldn't spend time walking on eggshells because you're so easily offended. So from where I stand, in general, the best and only answer is to find someone who's a better fit for you without having to work that hard to pretend to be someone else uh, in the context of a relationship. Now, that is theory. We're gonna to try to put it into practice. We've got two questions today from my friends Lillian and Susan. We're gonna begin with Lillian who comes to us from Brazil. Hello, Lillian. Hi, Evan. Nice Great to, meet to you. talk to you. Nice to meet you too. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, tell me what it's like to be a highly sensitive person. <laughs> Well, I've been trying to get to know myself better for a long time, and I've been identifying with a lot of of the characteristics you said. Sorry, English is not my native language. It's okay. I'm very poor at Portuguese. <laughs> it's okay, but um, I'm concerned that some of the some of those characteristics might have spoiled my last relationship. So that's what I don't know to which point I'm being highly sensitive or to which point I'm just respecting my, my feelings, you know? <laughs> what is okay to demand or not? Well, uh, I, it, that's, without more context, that's not something I can answer. So perhaps yeah. you could tell me a little bit more about either your ex-boyfriend and what he was like and maybe okay. give a specific example of a disagreement that you got into where he thought he was right and you thought you were right. And well, we, we had been together for almost five months. And since the beginning, I usually felt kind of threatened by the way he, he kept mentioning how he hated the way his sister-in-law told his brother that she would leave him if he bought a motorcycle. And then the next day he arrived home with the motorcycle 
you know, and then uh, he told me this story more than once since the first month we were together and he took great pleasure in telling, telling me this story. So as if he was saying, don't do this to me, <laughs> don't tell me not to do something. And he made it clear since the, first, since the very beginning that, oh, uh, if I want to do something and someone tell me not to, then it's a point of honor for me to go and do it. Mm -hmm. And he also criticized his other sister-in-law because once uh, his brother was in the shower and she picked up the phone and he was inviting his brother to go motorcycle riding. And she said, oh, tomorrow is my birthday. So he's not going, he's going to spend the day with me. So he got, he, my, my ex-boyfriend got very pissed up with that because he said, oh, she couldn't have done that. She didn't have the right to. Okay. to to answer the, the, the phone and to tell, to tell me he, my brother was not going with me. And like small comments, like every, um, uh, every time I got upset about something and he would say, oh, this is the kind of behavior that kills a love that's still beginning to get strong or I have already endured this with my ex-wife for 10 years, so I have to warn you that I won't tolerate this again. So I felt kind of constantly threatened. Okay. I don't know um, if I was overly sensitive. Um, I, I think this is a, 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 a really good example. And this is actually a really great place to start, Lillian, um, because it seems to me that he, I can't say about your behavior, his behavior is insensitive. Mm -hmm. Right. The premise behind his behavior is not irrational, though. So I can identify with him in some mm -hmm. ways in that if I had theoretically a controlling ex who was constantly telling me all the things I was doing wrong. Okay. How I was disappointing her, what I was mm -hmm. allowed to do, what I wasn't allowed to do. And then mm -hmm. I was suddenly single. Right? I wouldn't say this is a good dating technique, but I would be like, hey, I want to be with you, Lillian, but you're not my boss. You're my girlfriend. You don't get to tell me what to do. I just wouldn't harp on it the way he did. So mm -hmm. the, the idea that he is a free man and, you, and you're his girlfriend, not his boss, is a perfectly defensible sure. thing. Sure. It was, it was mm -hmm. the fact that it was such an issue for him that he kept on having to press on it. That was yeah. his inability to deal with his previous relationship in, in, in an adult way. Right. So he took that out on you, right? And therefore, I think he, he handled things wrong, mm -hmm. right? Now, whether you should be threatened by that, what he actually did to you, apart from asserting his boundaries, I don't know. Because mm -hmm. again, we can't argue with the premise if we did a role reversal, if you said, I had a husband who was really jealous and he would say, you can't go out looking like that, wearing that kind of dress and right? You might be inclined to tell the next man, you don't get to tell me what I wear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Best traumas. <laughs> right? Like, you, like, it's probably, he might say, well, I wasn't planning on telling you what to wear. Well, you're, you're not going to, mister. Okay. So I think it's really normal for people to carry their past relationships into the new one. And again, I, I think, I think he isn't a good enough communicator to be worth, you don't want that man back. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's not about him. What I can say, because I haven't heard enough from you, 
is mm -hmm. whether you were hypersensitive, whether you did try to micromanage him, control him, make him feel bad. I don't, I don't know that because that you, you didn't convey that to me. So, well, so I, again, if I'm trying to be like an objective judge, I can say that your ex-boyfriend's behavior was, uh, was aggressive and insensitive. That much is true. Um, but I have no idea what your role in it is, if there is there any. There are other examples. Can I tell them? Yes. <laughs> uh, the, uh, once um, I told him I was thinking about having a different haircut. We were fine. We were just having fun. And he said, why don't you dye your hair black? And I felt <laughs> really <laughs> bad about that because why would he want me to change so drastically? Uh, so I asked him, why? Why do you want me to dye my hair? I don't know. I think it would look good as you were thinking about changing your haircut. You should dye it black. <laughs> and it hurt me in some way because why does he want me to change? We were in the beginning of the relationship. And the other, the other time I was initiating sex with him and he said, wow, who could have guessed? It was so difficult to have sex with you at the beginning. So I said it was a harsh comment. Like, is he criticizing my behavior? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm really glad you share those two things with me because those two things to me, to me, and again, I'm, I'm just a guy, um, mm -hmm. they, they do sound um, overly sensitive to me. Mm -hmm. um, in, in that I could see myself doing some form of what he just did without okay. being a bad guy. If we were, if he just came, came out of nowhere and said, Lillian, you got to drop 20 pounds. Well, mm -hmm. that's kind of mean. Mm -hmm. But if you said, I'm thinking of changing my hair and he said, hey, would you dye it black? I like black. That's okay. not, and it, that's, it was sort of, con it was part of the context of the conversation. It's not an insult to say, hey, who knew you could be such a tiger in bed? Doesn't, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's more of an observation could even be okay. spun into a compliment uh, mm -hmm. as opposed to it, 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 the, the, actually the hair thing is the best example because this happened to me I, I don't know how long you've been following but i used to have big curly hair mm -hmm. right yeah and so i'll go to i'll go to a party and someone hasn't seen me in a few years and they're like wow you got your hair cut you look so much better now mm -hmm. right did they mean to insult me no Am I kind of insulted? Yes. Should I get too upset? No. Mm -hmm. They're giving me a compliment. Right. But the implication is that they didn't like, they didn't like it before. But how could you give a compliment? You look great now. It's like complimenting someone. Hey, you lost weight. So I was, so you didn't like the way I looked before. If you play that, no one can ever say anything nice to you. Because mm -hmm. the implication is that they're insulting the previous you. So I actually think that that these can both be true. You could have a controlling, insensitive boyfriend that you're better off without, and that you take things personally that aren't inherently insults. And I think those, are, those can both be true, which is sort of what I suspected. Mm -hmm. right. right. And again, I don't know how to help you overcover, overcome taking things personally that aren't personal. Maybe mm -hmm. stepping back and trying to guess the person's motive. When someone's complimenting my haircut, they're not trying to insult me. I know that. Mm -hmm. right. right. Even if they think I look better now than I used to before. Mm -hmm. They're not trying. And intention matters. Right. When a guy says, 
wow, I never knew you could mix it up so much in bed. I think that's a good thing instead of he's insulting what I've done before. Mm -hmm. So I, right. I think it's giving the person that you love the benefit of the doubt. Right. Right. Have you, and again, I don't want to, uh, to, this isn't a test. Have you read my book, why he disappeared? No, some, some, some parts of the videos that you tell about the, the book, but not the okay. book. Yes. Go, go, I'm gonna go, read it. go, go get that one. And it'll be like, Oh, I got it. I got it. it, right. it, it it'll explain a lot of this stuff um, that we can't, we can't do in the space here, but, but please do yourself a favor and purchase why he disappeared. There's a money back guarantee. If you don't like it, you get, get your money back. I'm not mm -hmm. here to sell books, but, but yeah, I, I think it, it will explain a lot of how men see you, right? You know how you see men, mm -hmm. right? But men see your sensitivity as something that they can never overcome. Whatever they do is never going to be good enough because you're always going to get upset. You're yeah. always going to find something that he did that he didn't even know he was doing wrong. He didn't mm -hmm. think he was being a jerk and suddenly he's apologizing. And soon he spends half his relationship apologizing for stuff he didn't even know, right? right. But his intentions were pure, mm -hmm. right? And so I think intention matters. Is he a bad guy, mm -hmm. right? And in this case, he might be a bad guy. He might be, right? He might have been a bad guy, but that doesn't mean everything he did was bad. And it doesn't mean that you couldn't stand to see things from the other side. What was his intention? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really sad because I might have lost him because of being but he highly sound sensitive. Like a great guy. He doesn't sound like a great guy. He, sound, he sounds like he's really, really controlling and asserting his masculine energy and wants to be the boss. So, yeah, he's sort of that. So, so I don't think, so, so again, it's another nuanced position. You could have done things better in that relationship, but you didn't lose the man who should be your husband. The man who would be your husband will be a better communicator than that guy was. Right. So you didn't actually lose anything, Lillian. You had some useful life experience. Right. That's okay. It. Great. Right. Thanks, Thank Evan. You. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate right. it. Now we're going to go to Sue. Hello, Sue. Hello, Evan. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, finally. Uh, finally? <laughs> well, I have your how book. Long have we, how long have we known each other? <laughs> I have Why He Disappeared, and I had one of your writers do my profile for e Cerno. Okay. By the Big way, stuff. I'm glad. So, yeah. So, um, okay. I guess a couple of things from my end. Um, I think. Don't you think that women are just more sensitive in general? Is that is that the main question you have for me? Well, is that one line? Don't you think? No, women? Because I could just say yes. <laughs> yes, you're right. Um, the thing that is tough for me, as far as like online dating goes, especially is like being ghosted is like devastating for me. I mean, I was going out with this guy for like six weeks and um, things were going great. And well, okay, in some respects. But there were a few times where he broke plans with me at the last minute. And he did it to me like about almost two weeks ago. We had a great Sunday afternoon planned and he knew that if, because we had had this conversation before, if he were to break plans with me, especially at the last minute, he needed to call me and he sent a text saying, sorry, I'm going to have to postpone. He was like, you know, fixing his truck and it had to be done by Monday or whatever. And I just was like really triggered. I was like furious inside. And I just, you know, I tried to keep a couple of texts back to him as moderate as I could and never heard from him again. 
it's like, like we had this seemingly great thing going on. And so I don't know if it's just me or, I mean, it seems like a jerky thing to do to break plans over and over again, especially in the beginning. So it just makes me really gun shy of going back online. It's like back to the drawing board. And, you know, I live in a somewhat rural place, so it's hard for a lot of them to kind of make the cut. I hear you. I don't know where to go from here. I'm at a standstill. You don't have to be. I mean, I understand where you're, where you're coming from. Um, there's a lot of things I could say about this that are not necessarily about being highly sensitive. Um, you implied that there was something really great here. Apart from his, him canceling plans, what, what else was wrong? What else was wrong? Yeah. Um, you said it was seemingly... Yeah, well, I like to move slowly. I mean, and partly from being sensitive, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of like a flower. I like to just open up slowly. I don't just, you know, give tons of compliments right away or just open up completely. I like to remain a bit of a mystery and take things slow. And maybe he perceived that as I wasn't that into him. Um, he said to me at one point, I'm really good at reading people and I just can't read you. So, and we talked about some of the miscommunication that had taken place and we then we got on the same page again so i thought things were clear um and we have a lot of we had a lot of fun together we went on a lot of hikes and stuff and i don't know it just seemed to be a budding relationship that you know as normal it you know you're a little bit on rocky ground getting to know each other and how each other thinks and feels about things and at one point he said something he was starting to say something to me and I said oh hold on a second I'm really I'm really sensitive so be careful what you say and then he you know he's really nice about what he said so he knew that about me I got it so um uh let's see I have I have a bottomless well of sympathy for you for what you're feeling right now I could feel your emotions right right here because this is a unanswerable existential mystery of your life why is this so hard for me to make this connection um and you know by the end by the end of this podcast it's not like i'm gonna snap my fingers and mr right just comes through door number three and right it, this this is you know we're all sort of works in progress um uh i don't have the full context of exactly how he canceled, when he canceled, what you said in text. I, you know, there's pieces of this story that are missing that don't allow me to weigh in as surely as, as I could. I, you know, I like to give clearer answers, but again, I, I'm, there, there, are, there are pieces of this thing that are missing because there are times that people have to cancel for very, very valid reasons, and it has nothing to do with anybody. Um, and then there's people who are completely inconsiderate in, in why they cancel and when they cancel. I don't know the answer in this situation. I know your reaction, but I don't know his side of the story. What is his side of the story? Um, he says, that he said I was the other time that we talked about it, that I took it as a personal snub and that he had, you know, this work to get done. And, and I said, well, 
I said, I, and we don't, we live a little bit about an hour and a half from each other, but he lives in my hometown. So I'm there a lot. And I said, I, I said, it may seem to you like I have a lot of free time, but I actually carve out time to spend with you. And when you cancel like me on, the, on me on the, at the last minute, like when he was supposed to have been driving up here, I was expecting him. And then he sends a text saying he can't make it. I said, I, I can't just switch gears and do something else because I'm upset that you're not coming. And I can't just, Oh, I think I'll go do my taxes now. Like it just, you know, <laughs> that I'm just at a loss for. And then, so he did that um, the other Sunday. So he should have known that I wasn't going to react. Well, he knew he needed to call me if it happened again. And he didn't. Um, all right. Let me figure out where to, where to tackle this. Because in, in trying to advise you, right, I don't want to sound like I'm victim blaming. You're not a victim here. Uh, at the same time, uh, he determined uh, somewhat, somewhat valid for him that it was too difficult to maintain a relationship with you because of your sensitivity to these issues, because of your reaction to these things that came up in his life. He cancels and he gets, you know, read the riot act because, you know, you had your heart set on it and it's not easy to, to make plan. And again, you're not wrong for being excited to see him or for being disappointed that he changed at the last minute or that it came in the form of a text as opposed to something more personal. Like wrong is never a word in the vocabulary. Right? You feel what you feel. Right? The question here, and I think the, 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 the teachable piece, is whether you need to let your feelings dictate your actions. Right? And I think, and, and the stuff I read at the beginning about highly sensitive people, where you're driven by your emotions, right, and they dictate your actions, right? I, I think that will continue to get, get the same reaction from men, where instead of i have this i drink out of this okay it's steel imagine i drank my water every day in the thinnest finest china a champagne flute right? and i had to carry it around everywhere i go right? i have to be much more precious with that um I'd have to worry about using my hand gestures when I talk. I'd have to worry about lowering my desk because my kids might get to it, right? Anything, right, bumping into a door just on the way out when I'm sort of spacing out, anything could jeopardize losing this glass, right? With steel, you got nothing to worry about. You're the champagne flute, right? And there's a reason that people don't drink water out of champagne flutes, right? Because they're too precious, they're too easily breakable, and it's not durable on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a special occasion, right? If everything is a big deal, right? It becomes very, very hard to navigate that as a boyfriend where you're told that you're constantly falling short and failing. So, in the same breath that I'm honoring your disappointment and reaction to the last minute cancel plans, because I hate that too. I've lost friends over similar things. Like I, I really, really see where you're coming from. 
right? And I'm a New Yorker and I'm really intense. I live in California, which is laid back. Here it's like, hey man, I just, you know, something came up and I flaked. And I, I booked another set of plans and that sounded better than going to your party. And like, if, if I got, if I acted the way you did, I would have no friends in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> because it's standard practice out here to flake out last minute traffic, something better came up, I'm tired, blah, 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 right? So I actually come from your school of thought, right? You make a commitment, you stick to it. I also know, and I've been taught over 20 years out here, that if you lash out at people, especially when they have valid excuses, right? Invalid excuses are different, but if you lash at someone with a valid excuse, you're going to alienate that person and they're not going to want to maintain that friendship. And I did a lot of the same stuff that you were doing in my twenties. And I, I lost a, a number of friends over it and I took it very, very personally because they weren't at the level that I was. I never broke plans. Right. Well, maybe it's because I had the kind of life where I didn't have a boss or a demanding job to, right? I, I could put more energy into relationships. So I would never like break plans. I didn't have enough going on to break plans. So, I, like with the last caller, I think it's important to try to, to see things from his perspective and give him some measure of the benefit of the doubt, which is not to say that he couldn't have handled things more gracefully, but rather your telling of your story indicates to me that you're going to be the common denominator in, in your righteous anger when anybody disappoints you, right? They're going to feel the wrath because you will not get hurt. Right? So it's, it's in, in the uh, book Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. They call it protest behavior. You disappointed me once and I tried to let it go. You disappointed me another time. Listen, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will not be treated like that. And, and then when you get no reply, you can't be too shocked. So, so I, I would think that you're allowed to feel your feelings and then before you do anything, take a step back, right? Try to get into the headspace of, is this personal? Is this indicative of a larger character, right? And what's most importantly, what's gonna get me what I want? Do I get what I want when I lash out? And the answer is almost always no, because men are gonna have a fight or flight response. I'm either gonna fight back with you, don't talk to me that way, or I'm just gonna pull away, I'm done with this. You've probably seen that, right? Right. So lashing out behavior wise is rarely an effective strategy for dating, despite all the valid feelings you have bubbling up inside of you. You have to translate them into, into cooler reactions. Does it make sense? Yeah. Right. And again, I hate to throw that all on you, but that's the piece that you can control. You can't control men. Right. Right. So being cool doesn't mean being a doormat and letting guys walk all over you and accepting unacceptable behavior. But it does mean having a measure of empathy and understanding for his circumstance. Honey, I got to work late. I'm really sorry. Should not require anything other than, um, okay, um, have a good night. Talk to you tomorrow. That, that's, that's the best answer to that and you keep your disappointment to yourself because he didn't do anything to you 
I'm sure he's not thrilled that he has to work late. Right? He wasn't choosing work over you. Work chose him. I'm presuming if it's a normal guy with a normal job with those kind of demands. Sometimes stuff happens. It happens to me and it happens to my wife. Like, like my wife, uh, I'm not going to get into the whole personal thing, but I have to cut out of work uh, halfway through today to pick up the kids at school. We don't have a babysitter, so I have to miss a half day at work. And that just got dumped in my lap this morning. I could get angry at her, but what's the point? Right. Like I just lost four hours of my work day to become stay at home dad. I didn't bargain for that. She's like, well, I'm going to so-and-so's baby shower and we're driving up to Santa Barbara and we're having a girl's day at the spa. And I'm like, all right, have fun. But I just lost a half day of work and you get to go to the spa and I got stuff to do. But when am I gonna, we're gonna break up with my wife when I'm gonna yell at her? Stuff happens. So I'm, I'm not the, the, you know, I'm sort of not the paragon of being easygoing or like letting things go. If anything, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very sympathetic uh, as, as an ethical person, as I'm sure you are. The, I would never do that, how dare he do that thing, right? That there's a certain right. righteousness about it. The problem is the rest of the world doesn't necessarily operate based on what's in your head. And so you set yourself up for this kind of repeated disappointment, winding yourself up, winding yourself up. And then you say, hey, I'm just done with dating. It's not the answer. It's, it's not the answer. If you want to find love, it's not the answer. So the, the, the answer, again, is for, for you to say, what is my role? How am I the common denominator in my life? That's what I can control. Not, it's not about that guy. Right? That's just a guy for six weeks. It's a, just a blip on the radar. But when I meet another guy who I like, how am I going to handle things better to get better results, to let men see the, the real me where I can be vulnerable but not, not attack guys at every hint of disappointment so they always feel like they're failing me. That's, I'll, I'll stop talking right now, but did I hit, say anything that hit right? Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. And then I guess it circles back to the initial question is, aren't women a little bit more like the champagne flute glass? A little more emotional and sensitive in general. Um, I think, yeah, you'll, you'll probably find that women in general are. And, and this is part of biological differences. Our, our men are driven by testosterone. They're more likely to want to have sex. They're more likely to wage war and fight. They're, they're I mean, in general. So you will find highly sensitive men, you will find highly sensitive women. I would say as a cohort, women are more sensitive uh, and men are more insensitive. And whether it's biological or sociological, it doesn't really matter how we got here. It's what are we gonna do with what we have? Right. You have a personality that you've had for many years. Um, we're, we're not gonna to, you know, do surgery and remove the, the sensitive chip inside of you. It's working with that to channel it to more beneficial means, right? Yeah. So, so again, you're not, you're not wrong for being highly sensitive, but being highly sensitive isn't working for you in, right. this, con in this context because everybody's got to walk on eggshells and fear of pissing you off. That's, that's, that's hard. Even the best people are going to disappoint you. Right. Right. And, that, and, that, and that's, you have to have some leeway for those people. The people who, who, are, who love you, who are good intentioned, who just aren't you and aren't always going to do things on your terms. Right. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Thank you. Thank, no, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. This is a tough question and I wasn't easy on you. So thank you for handling it with grace and class. I hope you feel, if not better, then at least a little clearer. Yeah, definitely. On, on what could happen next. And I would really, and, and again, not to be salesy, I would really encourage you to check out both Believe in Love and Why He Disappeared. Uh, I those, have Why He Disappeared. Okay, yep. Believe in Love will be next. Okay. Um, uh, it's it's more comprehensive program. It has a workbook and exercises to help you sort of reframe some of these things. Um, uh, since you were a caller, uh, please e email me privately after you've done the read the book. It might take you a month, but let me know how it went for you. I'd like to hear because you made an impact on me today, and I want to know that you're taking care of yourself and that this this uh, down on men dating relationships thing doesn't last for any longer. Okay. Men are not men are not going to change. <laughs> right. You're you're just going to do better with them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Evan. Thank you, my dear. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me uh, here on the Love You Podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Next week, I'm interviewing sexologist Patty Britton, and we will undoubtedly learn something, um, certainly that I didn't know before. Um, I want to make sure that you come back to this site next Wednesday so you could watch or listen. If you enjoyed today's coaching, you want to be a future guest on the Love You Podcast, go to www.evanmarkcats.com forward slash podcast guest to see upcoming topics and ask questions. Don't forget to subscribe to the Love You podcast on iTunes. Leave me a nice review if you enjoyed this and follow me on both Facebook and Twitter. Best of all, I give away the most free advice on www.evanmarkcats.com. Give me your name and email address and I will help you get the love that you deserve. I'll see you again next week on the Love You podcast. <laughs>